0: listening to the Lucas Askew Experience. Now, here's your host, the one and only Lucas You. Hello world! Welcome to the Lucas Askew Experience. Thanks for listening to part one of the Pigskin Preview. College football always gets me amped up. I like to Talk for hours on that, but I, I kept it to a shortened time compared to our, our bowl preview show in episode five. But right now, I'm this is part two. This is a little bit longer of a conversation as I brought on in studio an NFL expert to go through the NFL season preview with me. I wouldn't do the discussion justice if I was doing it by myself, and as you can see, I needed all the help I could get as we actually live drafted a team for me for my fantasy football league. Before we dive into this conversation, let's show some appreciation to this week's LAE sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Roots, outfitting Canadians from the likes of William Shatner to Joshua Jackson. Yes, I'm talking about Dawson's Creek, ladies and gentlemen. Now, as you know, I'm a proud Canadian. Nothing warms my soul more than seeing and repping a wholesome Canadian brand. And nothing warms up my body better than a sweater produced by the Roots Company. Roots, or Roots Canada Limited, as its official title would say, has only been around since 1973. But Roots is a decorated part of the Canadian clothing landscape. However, when I first saw Roots clothing growing up, I felt it was a little dull and lacking any creative flair. As you know, I like having a little flair in my life. As a result, I didn't choose Roots products, despite the Canadian allegiance. As I grew up, I saw the brand grow up with me, though. Roots stayed true to their simple, humble brand, but started to branch out with a few more decorative outfits. This was on full display when Roots became the official retailer of the Canadian Olympic team in the late 90s and early 2000s. This is when my purchasing habits changed. Gone were the loud, baggy argyle sweaters with multiple designs that Lucas Askew, myself, was wearing. And in were the sleek, soft, and solid wearing days. I was proudly displaying where my roots were from. See see what I did there with the old wordplay? Anyways, root stores can be found throughout Canada, as well as a few pockets in the United States. And I'm not just talking about the main markets. If you're driving through Birmingham, Michigan this coming week or any time in your life, you'll be pleased to see the friendly faces of Roots. Feel free to mention the Lucas Ask experience the next time you were in that neck of the woods in the Birmingham store. Surely, the manager there in Birmingham, Michigan is a delight, and she will make sure you are properly taken care of with some discounted wear. Roots, Canadian, for affordable, well-designed clothes.
1: Welcome back to the Luke's Ask You Experience. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by one of the most integral members of America's team. Yes, for, that's right. I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys organization. He started in his fourth season with the team and been through a couple years prior to last year when the team really resurged to their 13-3 dominating season. No, I'm not talking about Dak Prescott. I'm talking about Mr. Nate Riley. Welcome to Luke's You Experience, Nate. I uh I don't know where else I'd rather spend a Sunday, especially when you're calling me uh an integral piece as opposed to integral. But uh, it far be it for me to you know correct Canadian on proper English. Hey, you know I like to really put the emphasis on, on certain syllables that uh, that bring the listener to to the forefront. So um, you're right, that is the Canadian dialect that I'm bringing out. And as we go on this conversation, you'll probably hear more. Canadian euphemisms uh, as we go, so I, I hope you're along for the ride. Uh, I'm all in on that. Um, so, for, for the listeners that uh, that aren't familiar, Nate and I uh, actually met in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or more accurately, New Berlin, Wisconsin, the the famous suburb of Milwaukee. Uh, we we worked together at a consulting company called GMR Marketing, and Nate uh, charted a a different path. I went to San Francisco. Nate took his talents down to, uh, to Dallas and uh, has been with the Cowboys ever since. So we wanted to bring him on the show for this pigskin preview, uh, and we're focusing on the NFL. We, you are our NFL expert, Nate. So I hope that you uh, assume the role of Adam Scheffner uh, throughout this entire call and give our listeners some breaking news, insider tips uh, that can help them not only in their fantasy season, but just throughout the entire NFL season. I used to uh
2: once upon a time after I've had a few pops I've been able to remember to get his cadence down. Adam Sheffer that is uh
1: just right but you know I don't think I'm quite there tonight but uh, I'll give you the best insight I got okay well uh well maybe as the conversation goes you could uh kind of build up that cadence um if you want to go a little Chris Mortenson as I know he's not as as high profile but uh either one will do. So I wanted to, to start off, first of all, to the uh, the listeners out there. I'm actually also live drafting my fantasy football team. So you'll be hearing some interjections throughout the course of this conversation. We'll be making picks live. Uh, Nate's going to give me some, some advice of who I should go with. Um, I actually do have the first pick in my draft. Uh, so that would be a fun one. Um, so just if you hear some random noises in the background that is the uh, the bell reminding me to make picks for this uh, fantasy football draft but we'll start off with uh, a outlook of the season the the Patriots coming back as uh, your Super Bowl champions the ageless one Tom Brady um, decided to go over to Asia to, to pitch his Tom Brady brand TV 12 um, we'll see if the the Patriots can continue their success uh, this season will the Falcons uh, come back after a, an excruciating 28-3 to 3, uh, debacle in the Super Bowl. Um, but I wanted to start off with some, some surprise teams, Nate, um, that you're looking forward to either make that leap or take that next step in their overall development uh, this season. Yeah, well I think uh,
2: there's been a number of teams that uh, have definitely improved themselves uh, via the draft. I think the Redskins uh, definitely improved themselves. I don't think they're uh going to jump up and, and bite the uh, Cowboys or the Giants by anything. but, you know, I think the, the sexy team to say uh, for people, I think, is Jacksonville Jaguars, but they still don't have a quarterback. Um, there's there's a couple teams that stand out to me, and I think um, are based on either, you know, their schedule or, you know, the division they're in. I really think that the, uh, let's see, I think, I have the Raiders and the Cowboys so I don't know if I ruined a future question but I also think the Chargers uh, are, are, are have the potential to have a strong season, they get a couple players back from um, from injuries, but for something about the Chargers, gets me excited this year, I also think the Titans are going to take another step forward, I think Mariota DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry I just, there's something going on in Nashville that I just, I got a funny feeling could uh, could be pretty good because I think there's just a lot of mediocrity in in, in both sides of the league, and I think that there's just got to be someone that steps up, and I feel like those people, some of those young talents in the league, Um, assuming they stay healthy, um, are going to be the ones that that deliver that that next step.
1: Now, do you you believe that it's mediocrity, or is it parity? That that teams are, through the draft, through the free agency, that teams are just more well-balanced as a league, because I think I would say the the quality of product might have diminished a little bit, um, but I do see just more parity across the board. Yes, you have your bottom feeders, uh, New York Jets, I'm, I'm calling you out. I think there, there's just more teams that, that have a legit chance of making the playoffs, but I still would believe that there really is only four or five teams that are Super Bowl-worthy teams. It provides parity across the board. Um, and then you up echelon teams that can really, um, obviously, win the championship. Yeah,
2: I, I definitely agree with that. I do think there is more teams that can haven't can honestly sit and look at somebody in the face and say, we've got a real chance of making the playoffs, but I think that there's also a giant cliff there after there's that those teams can say that and just falls into a bottomless pit. I think the lower end of the league is really, really low. And I think that's just, honestly, quarterback play. I mean, we we see it every year in the NFL. If you don't have a competent quarterback, I mean, you're just you're just going to be garbage. I mean, there's like I I, I don't know what the Vegas over under would be if you had said what the win total is between the uh, the Forty Niners, the Jets, and the Rams, but I can't think it would be double digits. So I I look at some of those teams that you're going into the season actually having just literally no prayer. But I think that's what's exciting about the NFL, and I think you know the NHL has that a little bit too, but. You know, you know, there's not necessarily, I mean, there, you have the Patriots and some of your other perennial teams that are making the playoffs, but I, I really do think that there's a lot of teams in the middle that, you know, say that they have a legitimate shot. You have, you know, Tampa who's shown that they could be good and shown they can be bad at the same time. You've got, um, you know, the Cowboys who were knocking on the door last year, the Giants who, despite Eli Manning, continue to win games. Uh, the Raiders who have a bright future. The Texans have shown um, some stuff here in the last couple of years. Steelers are always there. Bengals are always there. You know, that's just that's a nice thing about the NFL. It's not you know two or three or four teams, um, and you know the the injury bug can hit anybody and can drastically change the course
1: of the season. Being based in Dallas, you saw kind of the, the Dak Prescott emergence last year, and I think I read on I don't know what set it was on, but asking the question, who can be this year's Dak Prescott, of looking at a current backup that can take the leap, or really an unknown quarterback um, that is prized for success this year. I don't necessarily think there's another Dak Prescott waiting in the wings, um, but do you have anyone that you see that that could emerge um, from the the clutter of middle-tier QBs and be a higher up, higher echelon Q B that can maybe take his team uh, a little bit further this season.
2: Yeah alluded to a little bit earlier. I really I'm on the Marcus Mariota train. I think if he's if he's healthy, you know, I think he could be a pretty yeah. special player. Um obviously he's he's in a he's not a rookie anymore, so if you're looking for a rookie example, you know, I think that Deshaun Kaiser is showing a little bit of preseason but be serious. he plays for the Browns. Um, I don't know what kind of playing time Deshaun Watson gets, um, but in in terms of just who's going to make that biggest leap, I I really think that um, in my experience, in my in my thought, I think it's going to be Mariota, or you're going to see uh, a big a big leap from James Winston. But you know, if, if you're watching Hard Knocks, you can see like what kind of leader the guy is, but like he still makes really stupid decisions. So mm-hmm. um, I I think Tampa's a really sexy team to hop on board with, but. Uh, for me, I, I, I'm leaning more towards Mariota. I really am. I think it just depends on those two teams' defenses to, to see how far they go. I think, I think Tampa probably has the better of the two of those, but that remains to be seen.
1: Now, I, I would be remiss to uh, to not bring up and you you mentioned the team a little bit earlier um, of who I see as a surprise team. Um, they they've won the past couple off seasons. I think it's now time. Hopefully, they can, they can put it into production in, in season, I'm talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, it's a, it's a homer pick. They are my team uh, ever since the great Mark Brunel, Jimmy Smith, and Fred Taylor uh, found their way on, on Monday Night Football on a random Monday when I was watching in beautiful Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. I've, I've been on the bandwagon since, um, and I, I do believe, not just because it's a homer pick, um, I, I think they've they've positioned themselves a little bit better. Um, for future success. I, I like the Leonard Fournette pick. I don't like him saying that the SEC helped prepare him for the NFL. Might be a little bit of a rude awakening, but I think he's got the talent to really elevate that offense, which has been putrid uh, over the past couple of years. And I know you mentioned quarterback play. I still think Blake Bortles has a shot. Like I, I really, maybe I'm just Naive and crazy, and I really liked Mortal Kombat, the game, when I was growing up, but I believe in Bortal Kombat. I, I think he's got, he's got the tools um, to at least be a, a middle of the road uh, quarterback and can bring them out of this 3 and 13, 4 and 12 doldrum uh, they've been living in the past couple of years. I like Jacksonville to take a leap, maybe an 8 and 8, maybe a 9 and 7 season. I don't know if you you agree or disagree, but watch out for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I still believe will be. A, I I have a bet on this that before they move to London, which we know is going to come eventually, they will win the Super Bowl.
2: <laughs> uh, hey, look, I'm all about
1: the the Jaguars and
2: the steps that they've taken in, in the off seasons the last couple of years, but they just haven't made the necessary moves to get themselves to be uh, legitimate contenders. I mean. I'm not saying that Tony Romo ends up being healthy for 16 weeks, but, I mean, don't you call Tony Romo when when he moved on and try to offer him as much as you possibly can. I mean, there's some weapons on that team. Alan Robinson, you know, Marquise Lee, uh, you know, I'm a, I am think D.D. Westbrook could be a nice fantasy sleeper this year should he get the right playing time, Fournette and Chris Ivory, T.J. Yeldon, three saw backs. They don't really have much of an offensive line. Mm-hmm. I would actually be willing to bet that you probably couldn't name one offensive lineman on their team.
1: That would be correct.
2: Okay. I mean they're just they're just they just they just they have some good skill position players. They have a couple guys on the defensive side. They overpaid AJ Bouye to come over Houston. Uh we know the how much money they spent on Calais Campbell, and Malik Jackson the last two years. Mm-hmm. Michael Miles Jack, Paul Puzlesny settled in. Uh, Salisbury Church, Moss and Dallas—they have some players, but you can't win unless you have a quarterback. And Blake Bortles is your Vegas leader to throw the most interceptions in uh, 2017. And I'll be honest with you—I don't think. I think by week six, Brandon Allen's playing. I, I just, or I'm sorry, yeah. Brandon Allen or Chad Henney, one yeah. or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I just don't see how. I just, I just don't see any way that. Bortles hangs on to the to the job
1: and protects the ball. I just I just don't see it. Okay, well, uh, I'm, I'm making a a mark right now to uh, to give you a call in week six, and and hopefully it's a, it's a call to let you know that the Jaguars are four and two and, and riding high. Um, but potentially it could be that they're zero and six, and uh, your prophecy is right that Bortles is on the bench. So uh, I guess we'll have to stay tuned to find out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know what? The, it's not like in their division. It's necessarily impossible to win i mean i don't i think you get to nine nine wins
1: in that division you're you're in it obviously you are uh you're a member of uh the dallas cowboys franchise looking ahead at uh this season coming off the the strong 13-3 regular season tough loss to the the packers in the postseason last year what's what's the mood like around the the team right now and, and kind of where do you see the the cowboys uh this particular season
2: Well, I think they'll be right back in the thick of it, certainly in the division. Um, You know, right now, and I was when the schedule came out and kind of seeing how things fell. I, I had them nine and seven. I have them ten and six right now, and probably uh, right there with the Giants in the division. I think that you know the interesting thing about the Cowboys is, despite you know probably being without Dak Elliott for six games, uh, you know we saw some pretty. Pre-productive backs and Alfred Morris and Jerry McFadden, who've shown that uh, when, when given the opportunity, especially behind this offensive line, you know they can go for five and six yards a pop, which is, which is pretty impressive. Um, you know we we have the core players uh, on the offensive side back. Um, you know Jason Witten is as reliable as ever for Dak. Cole Beasley, I think, is going to see um, a number of targets again this year, and he get uh, just short of a hundred, which is the most he's ever seen. I just think it comes down to you know what it's come down to the last few years I think and it's really you know defensive line play and I think for, for from my perspective you know it's just who's going to put pressure on the opposing quarterback I think uh, with uh, some of the suspensions we have and that in that group and just the personnel I think can create some challenges but uh, hopefully we can get through I just you know between that and the young secondary you know we got a lot of got like great young players in the draft I, I know that. And the staff is high on a number of them, and rightfully so, based on where they grade them in the, in the scouting department. But um, you know, you don't know until you go out there and you see them play. So I think for us, it's gonna you know the offense has looked great in the preseason thus far. It's just a matter of you know how the team's gonna play together for for four quarters when when it matters and the games are you know we have all those stars in for for four quarters. So um, I think. You know, the mood down here in Dallas is, is certainly optimistic, but I think it's kind of a wait and see on uh, some of those defensive players that, you know, we had to dry up. They're going
1: to be pretty much forced into starting roles um, mm-hmm. or playing significant roles. Uh,
2: the, talent, the talent's there,
1: and, you know, it's just a matter of making sure they all come together. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the, the in-depth breakdown uh, position by position. And obviously you, you alluded to it earlier. You do like the Cowboys uh, in your potential um at least making it to the Super Bowl against the Raiders, do you like them lifting the Lombardi Trophy? Or uh, what is your, what does your gut say in terms of that, that final outcome?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, I, it, it's a homer play, but yeah, I, I like to see the Cowboys raise the trophy. I mean, you see some of these teams that have had success in the past in the Super Bowl. And you look at your Colin Kaepernick and in his rookie, rookie deal, Russell Wilson. Um, a few other examples, but um, I just feel like that offensive line is such a key component. Um, you know, assuming I'll stay healthy, I, I really do think there's a really great chance that you know they're that we're in the game. Uh, you, you look across the NFC, and there's not a, there's not a lot of teams to scare me. Um, certainly, the Falcons are a great team. I would have loved to have taken the opportunity to play them, we um, beaten the Packers. But you know, I think the Packers have regressed. The defensive side of the ball, so uh, I don't see why any reason why we're not uh, a number one uh, seed in the uh, NFC to be in the, the Super Bowl. So I'd love to say, yeah, I think it, I think it'd be uh, an awesome experience. But I think it's, I think it's tough to beat. You know, some of the talent that we have on that side of the ball. when you look at, look at it on paper. It's just a matter of you know, making it happen
1: on the field. Mm-hmm. I. I will disagree in the overall uh, Super Bowl pick. I would expect nothing left. You know, um, I am going with the the previous trajectory similar to the the Peyton Manning year two years ago where he was riding off into the sunset winning the Super Bowl. I believe this is Carson Palmer's last year um, with the Arizona Cardinals. And I don't know, there's something about this team, partly because, fun fact for you, they're the unofficial... uh, Team of the of the the province of Saskatchewan, Phoenix is a, is a hot destination for winter travelers in Saskatchewan. So many people travel down there for uh, for games d- throughout the season. So th- there's there's definitely Cardinals Nation uh, up in Regina, Saskatchewan. But I I I think they they've had the, the tools and talent uh, on both sides of the ball. The the defense has been just lethal. I would say over the past three four years. Carson Palmer, yes, he, he has been a little bit injury-prone, but I think if you can patchwork the, the offensive line, Larry Fitzgerald still is the, the ageless one, and obviously David Johnson, wh- who potentially could be my first pick in the fantasy football draft. I, we'll have to find out. Um, but I, I, I think they, they have enough talent, um, and you, you mentioned the, the NFC. I think the, the Falcons, they, they, they take a step back. I do like the Cowboys still still up there. Um, and I actually like Cowboys and um, and the Cardinals battling it out in the a- NFC Championship. Uh, but I like the Cardinals from the NFC AFC. It's more of a a standard pick uh, until Tom Brady loses. I continue to pick uh, pick for him, not because I particularly love the Patriots, but I respect Tom Brady, and uh, and if he can eat avocado ice cream and get away with it, then I uh, I applaud the man. Um, so I, I, I like the, the Patriots and Cardinals duking it out in um, Super Bowl. And actually, like uh, Carson Palmer, uh, riding off into the sunset, retiring after the season, and the Cardinals uh, hoisting up the old Lombardi Trophy at the end. Uh,
2: you know, the fact that you compared Carson Palmer to Peyton Manning is absolutely hysterical. I don't know where I don't know what kind of drugs you've been on uh, this weekend in San Francisco, but I mean, you got to be kidding me. Carson Palmer,
1: he has the skills. He, he puts up quality numbers. Yes, he's is a little bit more injury prone, but I, I think he he has the the moxie um, and the grit that. Peyton Manning showed his his final year to get the team to the Super Bowl and ultimately their defense won them, uh, that championship. I also think the Cardinals defense is that nasty and um I like them kinda of leading the charge uh to, to get to the Super Bowl.
2: I would have been more on board with you saying like New Orleans Saints coming out of nowhere, but so how many uh, we'll do a little reverse trivia time here. So how many wins do you think Vegas has instead of the over under for the Arizona Cardinals win total this year?
1: Well, they were uh, seven, eight, and one last year. Um, I think if I'm Vegas, I think they have them maybe at eight and a half, um, maybe nine and a half. I, I think they get to eleven. It's them and the Seahawks in the NFC West. I think they, they're both at eleven and five. The Cardinals will have home field because they, they can take care of business. They're they're one of the few teams that actually play well um, in CenturyLink Field in in Seattle. Um, so I I have them at eleven and five, taking care of business. Ultimately getting getting through the Cowboys, uh, coming to your Jerry World, beating the Cowboys in the NFC Championship, and then marching their way to the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, if
2: I, I appreciate the uh, the strong uh, strong prediction, I just for me I, I I think Carson Palmer is one of the worst quarterbacks in the history of the world that <laughs> continues to be overrated. I mean, the guy is just an absolute show cardist. but I mean, you are right. They have won the last two at at, uh, at CenturyLink Field and um, shootouts, so I'll, g- I'll give you that much. I was waiting to prove you wrong on that one, but you are right, so I'll, I'll tip my cap there. They mm-hmm. won three out of the last four. I didn't
1: think I would be spending so much time uh, loving on the, the Cardinals, but uh, I guess I have a soft I mean, spot. I feel like you've just rounded second base. <laughs> Maybe by the end of it, we can uh, we can slide into third, but... Who knows? Sliding his key. Sliding his key. Um, I, I did want to to pivot a little bit. I would love your perspective because th- this is a topic that I actually get very heated on. So um, you might have to, to bring me down a couple octaves. But the Tony Romo transition from quarterback to backup quarterback to uh, the number one uh, color guy at the, in the CBS booth uh, pairing with old Jim Nance. Hello, friends. Hello, oh, um, friends. But I'll I'll give you my perspective first, uh, and I'd love to hear yours next. But um, you know I, I think Tony Romo, a well well-spoken individual, I mean, he's got charisma and that personality that you want in a in a color guy. And I've got no no qualms with him jumping from the playing field into the booth. I do have problems with uh, with giving him the. The number one gig at CBS, the top billing in all of NFL, uh, just given the the that CBS has the, the Super Bowl every three years. Um, I just, I, I feel as a aspiring broadcaster, I like to see people earn their stripes. And I, I don't feel that him just being on the sidelines and, and being a charismatic figure should be worthy enough to give the, the top billing uh, of that job. I'm not defending. Um, I, I'm blinking on uh, Jim Nan- Who, Who's Jim Nance's partner? It, it's, well, th- that's the what way, the way you're missing. Uh, here. Phil Sims, Sims. Phil Sims. That, that's correct. Yeah. Phil Sims was terrible. I, I, get, the, I get that. Um, Phil so, Sims was arguably the worst uh, color guy in the business. Yes, I, I get that. But what, what are your thoughts of, of Tony Roma basically being handed on a silver platter the number one uh, broadcasting gig for CBS?
2: Well, I mean, no one's heard him do a single game, so everybody can have an opinion that uh, that doesn't really matter until he actually does do something. But you have to think that if you're CVS, that you're going into that you're going into that with at least getting a sample of some kind that makes you feel good about making that kind of investment. Uh, I mean, I mean, he's, Tony's always been very, very well spoken. I think he knows the game. I think. Quarterbacks are always going to be most likely the best color commentators. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to be a home run right out of the gate? Uh, probably not, but you know, really, who would be? I think Troy Aikman's been pretty solid uh, throughout the years, but you know, he certainly didn't get that same start. I don't believe. I think he, uh I believe he started off number two or number three, but uh, I could be, I could be wrong there. But I mean, when you look at CBS's roster, I mean, I, I really don't see anybody else who, who's going to pop right in there and, and take over. I mean. Trent Green's decent, but he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that that celebrity, if you will. Not to say that Tony Romo is going to bring in ratings just because he's on the game. You know, James Lofton, Rich Gannon, Dan Fouts. I mean, are those are those guys that you expect to see alongside Jim Nance? I think the answer is probably not. Um, you know, I think that there had to be something there that, um, that they not only saw as a markable, but b like he's not going to be a train wreck. And, you know, from what you hear from the people that, you know, the people that know Tony is that they think he's going to be great. I mean, the local uh, the local radio stations have made this a, a fun topic here the last week or so. And, you know, I think that those folks spend more time with him than most people. So I think it's right that necessarily he goes to the number one spot and doesn't have to necessarily, quote, unquote, earn his keep. Yeah, it's a little weird. But, you know, if him and Jim Nance have a good relationship. Only going to increase the uh, likelihood of a good broadcast, which I, I don't think I'm surprising anybody here to say by saying that uh, you know, a lot of these announcers
1: pairings are, are pretty much just after the crowd. You make a logical argument there, especially with the CBS does not have the deepest bench. You want your your number one pairing, kind of a little bit more, um, a little more big time. Obviously, you know, Chris Collinsworth has, has the the name recognition. I think. Part of it was uh, I would have loved to just see him in some sort of preseason action more frequently, um, even throughout uh, June and July, just getting reps in uh, at different places. Just to more justify that, it's frustrating to paint that picture to whether it be aspiring broadcasters out there. You know what? Yes, you you can put in the hard work, but there's likely... A better option, um, whether it be a former player or a former coach, um, that's always going to be ahead of you in the pecking order. And I know it's play-by-play and color commentary aren't the exact same roles, but I think the um, the image that you're portraying is similar. Um, so I think that's where it's where I got a little little jaded at, at that fact. We'll see come uh, week one whether he he has the chops, and even if he's a little bit rusty, you do have. Arguably, uh, one of the best uh, play-by-play guys uh, across sport, uh, in Jim Nance that will likely be carrying oh, yeah. most of the broadcast anyways.
2: Yeah, he's going to carry most of it regardless, and you know he's going to have his little carny, little faff. But that's what makes Jim Nance Jim Nance. He's always uh, he's always making the moment a little bit more special than it may be. But, but so you know, that's, that's better than the, that's better than what else CBS is trotting out there. I mean, if you look at the roster between CBS and Fox. Fox has legitimate talent, like in their number four, number five spots. CBS just has a bunch of trash. Like this is bad. I'm just going through some of the assignments, and they're, they're just bad. I mean, my God. Outside my fellow Lawrence Kyle Newhawk, Greg Gumbel, Trent Green, I don't I don't know that CBS has much outside of uh, Nance, Romo, and Kevin Harlan. There there are other guys that are just bad. Do
1: Do you think it's because they're a, a Fox? Is investing more in their broadcasting talent, or that just CBS has a multitude of other sports that they are funding with other broadcasters and can only do so much with their NFL? It's
2: a great question. I think, as a whole, uh, despite FS1 being a a giant failure with Skip Bayless and and, uh, Shannon Sharp, uh, still getting me started on that train. But, uh, you know, if you look at some of these guys, I mean, Box just does, has done a really nice job with getting play-by-play guys that are just really good at their craft. I mean, when you're, you know, your two, three, four guys are uh, Kevin Burkhart, Tom Brenneman, Kenny Albert, I mean, you're you're backing those guys up with quality, you know, uh, color guys like Moose Johnson and uh, Chris Field. I'm a big Chris Spielman fan. Uh, I didn't even know he was going to box this year because he's always been, I feel like, on ESPN with, with college, but in Troy, I mean, you. He's had some really quality guys on both sides that you know that, that, know, that know play by play and that actually know football. Um, and can speak it you know to a crowd and, and not come off ridiculous. But in any case, just uh, something that grinds my gears is you know you, you watch what football I do get to watch on Sundays when the Cowboys aren't down. Usually you know I just want to get to the red zone and hop around
1: because I usually can't take in, in some of these announcers for more than five or ten minutes. So it's six thirty, and I, I got into my. I figured out what my password was, and I don't have the correct Adobe Flash. So, I will be auto picking this this first pick that I have in one minute. So, if I have I have one minute, who should I put up to auto pick for me? David Johnson, Antonio Brown, or Le Le'Veon Bell? Well,
2: I think there's a lot of prerequisite questions I'd use the app, but any really league especially if it's a PPR league you know I think your first your your first pick really has to be David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell David Johnson being the, the safe the because Le'Veon uh, is holding out still and you don't know if that's going to affect you uh, for a week or two so really think that you gotta go David Johnson
1: look at that I uh
2: I I got in. There we go. David for Johnson. For, for a gentleman working in the uh, in Silicon Valley, it's really uh, really disappointing that uh, your PC isn't up to uh, up those, up stuff.
1: No, it's uh yeah. You you would think that I I use a, a Adobe Flash more often, but I think it said I was on version nine and they were requiring it version eighteen. So I'm actually uh. A little bit behind the times, but that, that's neither here nor there.
2: Sounds like you haven't been done, doing a whole lot of internet surfing lately. Huh?
1: No, that, that that's true. You know, I'm this is a, this is my work computer. I'm, I'm focused on the the, the job at hand, um, and and not not doing any of that other other extracurricular activities. That's a
2: little surprising for you, but uh, I, I am I can't say it. I am very very proud of you.
1: Okay. Well, pivoting back, actually, we we missed this. The, the question that when we were in the pre-production room before this uh, experience started, uh, we were talking about if, if we were Roger Goodell, what what changes will we make to the rules to the league? Um, and I'd love to kind of get your your thoughts of of what you would do if you were a commissioner for the day. Yeah, I, I think you guys got to look at the overall product, and uh, I think it's.
2: Overall, it's strong. I think, you know, as you look about, you look at growing the game, and player safety, I think that, you know, I think that most people would like to say that you'd like to see some some more player safety initiatives come into play. Um, while, you know, not, you know, changing the, changing the game, um, necessarily. So, you know, you're not, you're, you're not, you know, it's the same game that people would always be, but just making sure that players are as safe as possible. Um. You know, from a rule standpoint and just an overall process, I really think that just the way that the suspensions work are just ridiculous. And uh, I think that the, you know, with certain people, you know, with, with the Goodell and his, his henchmen, you know, deciding when they're going to hand suspension down, and you know, they're going to take their time and maybe wait a year, or maybe a little bit right away for this guy, but you know, they're going to kind of wait for somebody else. I think there needs to be some consistency and emergency and Mm-hmm. Getting to the bottom of of all the different situations that you have, I just, I think that it's just, it's just weird that each case is handled so differently and it's, you know, like, let's just get to the bottom of it and let's make a decision and let's move on. And I think that's, for me, like, one of the more frustrating things. And, you know, when you look at the at how the, the fan experience is, you know, if you're watching at home, uh, you know, and this is coming from a sponsorship guy, but there's just a lot of TV breaks, and I, I think that they really need to consider, you know, how that works and how that can be disruptive to the game and the fan experience on TV. You know, TV numbers took a little bit of a hit last year, but nothing significant. But just think it's something that they need to keep their eye on as it relates to, you know, bringing fans in. And I really do believe that, um, you know, looking at having teams, um, whether that's Mexico, Canada, or Europe. Um, should be something that they seriously explore. I I don't know how realistic they are, and how you can find a system based on some of the time zones of where that makes sense. But I, I think I think it'd be it'd be the best thing for, for the league to to really take a hard look at that. You know, consider where their opportunities lie. I just think, you know, you know, for as much power as, as that shield has, you know, it's just you always got to be looking at ways to improve it. Mm-hmm. You know, look you look down the road, and I don't know if it's. 2022 or whatever the year is, but just making sure you don't have another work stoppage and getting it right. Just making sure that you know fans don't feel don't have any reason to be overly critical of the league. And I think that there's a couple things out there that you know could be improved to to help the fan experience. So I think that's you know really what it comes down to.
1: Mm-hmm. When when I was thinking through this question, I actually was going more to specific rules that I would either take out, um, so I'm glad you elevated up to a, to a higher level, but what I, what I was thinking in, in my head, you you touched on player safety, and I think that that to me is at the, the crux of this overall conversation, because I believe, this is another uh, bold proclamation here, that the NFL has been the, the top dog uh, in terms of uh, fan viewership, as well as interest um, in the U.S., and even obviously parts of Canada. Uh, so a, a strong North American brand um, ever since Kind of baseball had that mantle for a number of decades kind of dipped off a little bit, uh, I would say, in the, the 90s and, and NFL really uh, built steam over the past couple of decades. I think they still ride this high uh, for the next five to 10 years. But creeping right behind them is uh, the National Basketball Association that I do feel that with um, just the the hesitancy for for parents to put their kids into football and a little bit less in, in terms of kind of building those youth numbers and more people turning to even soccer, but basketball being a, a main driver, I think the NFL does need to really get serious and establish the steps um, to minimize the the number of concussions and and really regrow its game uh, at that youth level and promote football as a a safe sport, unless it really changes its course in a a very strong direction. um, I do think the NBA will continue to chip away um, in the next, I'd say, 10 years. More people will be watching the NBA than the NFL. Be forewarned uh, for all all you listeners that expect the NFL to uh, continue to to ride off uh, into the sunset. There is a a strong challenger coming. um, That is the, the NBA.
2: Yeah, I think the NBA has done done a nice job. I think they've officially—correct me if I'm wrong here—done some things to help uh, temper that. Oh, we're going to give uh, our starting five the night off. Just, Greg Popovich, is, you know, we're, we're not on a back-to-back. We're not going to play our other guys. I think they've uh, mm-hmm. strengthened the schedule, so I think that helps them. I think that's been the one big negative for the NBA. You know, for me though, I, you know, if you're just looking at you know popularity. What are you using as a measure? Is it the TV number? I just don't. I don't see the NBA ever getting to an NFL type level for, for any games. I think locally here in Dallas, I mean, the Mavericks very rarely get over a, a 1.0 in market. And obviously, there's there's you know 82 games in the season. So the NFL, you know, there's only there's only 10 games. You know, um, they're at home. So I mean, you're only getting fans in the building. Ten times games, but you get you got a 16-week season, and they're just fewer and far between. So those numbers are higher, but I just don't ever see the the TV number from the NBA ever touching the NFL. But obviously, um, when it comes to uh, uh, the globalization of the sport, yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. I mean, the players coming from all over the world into the NBA. I mean the national following is going to be there. I mean Yao Ming opened that door in China and
1: you know, it seem like it's ever close. hmm I hate to interject, but I am about to be on the clock for my uh, my second and third picks: DeAndre Hopkins, Terrell Pryor, or Demarius Thomas. Who you uh, stacking your uh, wide receiving core with uh, from my fans? Are you in like a thirty-seven team league? <laughs> no, I'd say I'm, I'm fourteen. But it was, I had the first pick, and then it was a snake draft, so I didn't have until the twenty-fifth pick. Okay,
2: so safe to say that amari cooper and, and some of those guys are already gone, oh yeah, wow, that's a tough one um Keenan is Keenan Allen or Brandon Cook still available?
1: Keenan Allen is still available.
2: I have to say i like I like Keenan Allen this year more than DeAndre
1: Opt and George do you I would, do you because coming off the injury he you feel he's a little bit fresher. Still has Philip yeah, uh, I mean, Rivers. Gotta be that, there's just got to be someone that Rivers spoke to, and
2: Allen was a huge target guy in the past. I like Cooks the best. Say so he's gone.
1: Yeah, he was, uh, and I am now up. Yeah, he uh, he just got picked. Yeah, so uh,
2: I would be all about I would be all about seeing Allen over over DeAndre Hopkins. I just I don't see the Sean Lawson or Tom Savage situation where they get him
1: ball enough. Gotcha. Okay. There we go. Uh uh Keenan Allen. Your uh your, your second pick. And then if you're coming back, then you need uh then you need uh you need a running back. So
2: what's what's the prospectus looking
1: like there? Uh what do we got? We got Christian McCaffrey and Isaiah Crowell. Crow. And yeah. Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodard? Leonard, Leonard Fournette's already left the building. He, he did. I was uh, I was jumping at the the chance of uh, of picking my boy, but uh, he did get picked. Lamar Miller, everybody. Lamar Miller was picked.
2: Yeah, tough
1: draft. Fourteen teams is tough. It is. I'm, I'm really scraping at the uh, the bottom of the barrel when it will come to my. Team. I like I like
2: McCaffrey. Did someone uh, get crazy and uh,
1: draft Zeke early? Yeah, he went uh, second round.
2: Wow, that's impressive.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean,
2: I like uh, I like McCaffrey there. I think uh, Carlos Hyde is he gone as well?
1: No, Car- Carlos Hyde is uh, is still on the board right now. I've uh, got five seconds, so I'm I'm going with uh, McCaffrey. I would go with McCaffrey. I think is it a PPR league? It is. I mean, there is, you can't underestimate a
2: guy that. Can- I can do both, and you know if he ends up being a guy that is a homeless man's Le'Veon Bell, uh, that's
1: a good thing. Okay, yeah, I'm actually. Uh, wow, we're now we're now rolling. I think some people are auto drafting. That's that's why it, it's picking up now. So I've got two picks ahead of me, and who's on the board right now? We've got Jarvis Landry, Allen Robinson, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, Kareem Hunt. Kareem
2: Huntson, an, an intriguing guy now that Spencer Ware is pretty much dead for the year. Um, fourth round uh, pick out Toledo this year. People are pretty high on him. And, you know the, the, the Chiefs don't have a terrible line. I think he's a high upside guy. Um, and without hearing any other names out there from the running back side,
1: I probably strongly consider you know. him. It's really him, Frank Gore, Theoretic, Mike Gillisley.
2: Yeah, you got to you got to take Kareem Hunt just because you know he's going to get the carries now.
1: And then, my second pick, should I go with another running or not running back receiver? Well, if you have have back-to-back picks, I mean, right?
2: You'd be one, and then you come back and get the next one, right? Yeah. Yeah, then you can come back and get that receiver, and hopefully, uh, I would I would say that you, you know you could look heavily at Jarvis Landry there.
1: Yeah, he's uh he's still on the board. So. Um, what's the
2: what's the tight end situation looking like right
1: now? What do we got here? We got Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham. At, uh, someone already picked Gronk. Tyler Eifert's still there. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I don't. I think your value is probably still better at wide receiver. You just want a guy that's going to get just a, a ton of targets and. Landry's going to do that. The only thing that makes me worry about Landry is he's got Jay Cutler throwing to him, but that also means good things because it
1: could mean that they're getting blown out in a lot of games and he gets some
2: garbage garbage time.
1: Side side question. Jay Cutler, more effective as a quarterback this year or in the booth? Would he have been more effective there?
2: That's a really, really interesting question. Uh, he's, uh, he's obviously – I think he's probably if you turn if you terms like if you had a vorp for Jay Cutler this year like his value over a replacement player or a replacement announcer in this case mm-hmm. you, you have to think that his value over Matt Moore is probably just as coach higher than whoever the hell he was going to be replacing at Fox so
1: uh, I'll go with uh, on the field gotcha. um, when when would you draft your quarterback in uh, fantasy football? Great, great tip for people out there. Are you looking at yeah. round five, yeah. round six, seven? Well, I think,
2: you, I think the, the, the key here is, uh, and I don't I hope that nobody in my fantasy league, uh, and I think it might be an right to renew this league for that matter. Yeah. Uh, I think people, whether you're in an auction draft or you're in uh, just your, your standard, you know, snake draft, you really got to look. You got to look at two or three guys that you really like, and ask yourself how much different are their staffs going to be than anybody else. So, if you want a high-end guy like Brady or Rogers, go ahead and get them early. After that, go ahead and just wait. You know, I think that you can get a lot of value in the middle of round. You know, round ten, round nine. If you're not in a, a, a huge a huge team league, like you're in 10- entire twelve-team league, round eight, round nine. I mean, you can still get quality guys.
1: It's a good point because I think both Brady and Rodgers and and Breeze are already off the board right now. And I'm looking at uh, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton uh, in this next next wave. And I've got a pick coming up. And uh, you're you're doing a great job of filling time in between picks. So uh, kudos to you for uh, leading the cues. Well, but um, so you would suggest – Looking, looking deep to go uh, another wide receiver or running back.
2: Yeah, I mean your your talent level drops off too much in the wide receiver running back categories, um, and too quickly. I mean you have guys that you know you, you, you go too late. You know, I mean you're you're going to have to start guys that are the third receiver on a, on a team, and you just can't afford to do that. So you know, there's you know thirty thirty plus NFL starting quarterbacks that are. Going to be drafted this year, you know. Every well, we'll be in the league this year. You know, probably twenty of those guys will be drafted.
1: Yeah, I, I made made two picks. Um, one was actually my auto pick went went on uh, for my second pick, so it just picked automatically for me. So you can tell. Congratulations. Him. Yeah. Congratulations on getting Um <laughs> uh, No, we uh, kind of a defensive player league, so I got Khalil Mack which I don't really know what the point system is, so I'm, well, I'm intrigued to see what, what he gives me.
2: I have to say, in front of the millions and millions of the Lucas Apu's fans, the fact that you're in a, a league that drafts defensive players probably just ruined your credibility with just
1: about everybody you listening. The, the great thing about uh, this podcast, I can edit out absolutely any segment uh, possible, so... You you may not be hearing this in the the final cut. <laughs> I mean that I mean that's just embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? I, I've been I've been asking all the questions, so uh, I want to give you the floor and make sure you uh, you have a voice as well. Anything else you want to talk about? Or will, we, will we have you catch up? How's life going? Uh,
2: you know, life is good. But there's a uh, a little bit of uh, a buzz down here, and an undrafted free agent If you got out of. Central Michigan. His name's Cooper Rush. I mean, talk about a, a pretty quality name there for yeah. this Notre drama, But he's, from what I can see, has overthrown uh, the beloved Kevin Moore of uh, Boise State at uh, number two job. Um, had a very, has had a very Zach Prescott-like season last year. I don't think there's the same player by any means, but came in thrown for a high, uh, high accuracy completion percentage and. You know, it was exciting to do that, catch the flight um, after the game. But you know, life is good here. How's being a married man? Want to show the world how it is uh, the first few
1: weeks of your marriage? Uh, married life is is good. It's treating me well. We're uh, in about two weeks now since the the, the wonderful day uh, in in Lake Tahoe, and just just getting acclimated of, of living with someone. That's been the uh, living with someone kind of sharing. Everything that uh, we have together now, um, so we've reorganized our our rooms, reorganized our kitchen. Uh, so, um, the important stuff. You're ultimately gonna build a build a life with someone. So, we pushed back the honeymoon to November. So we're looking at that on the on the horizon. But just living life right now, and uh, yeah, it's uh. People ask me the question. I don't think I feel that much different right now. But every day, I guess I get maybe get stronger. That yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm spending the rest of my life with someone. It's a. Uh, it's a real deal. It is the real deal. There's. Uh, so there's no going back. Let's be down. honest. Let's be honest. How many? And uh, you guys moved in, and you guys had to combine your
2: things. How many of your things did uh, she make you throw
1: away? Uh, so far, I've been able to be very efficient with my packing. Uh, i've it, when I met you, I was in the midst. What of, does that? What I'm, does that mean? Let's Fishing. just. Efficient with my packing. Yeah. It sounds like you've been efficient hiding things you don't want to throw away. That too. But I, I I don't have a lot of possessions to my name, partly because I constantly would move uh, place to place. So I've been in San Francisco now for four years, uh, but didn't have like big furniture, couches. Uh, it's more just actual clothing that uh, I have a large amounts. Um, but there there have been... A number of shirts and uh, a few shoes that uh, I wasn't able to, to fully make make it through the cut, um, but something like the the Kazakhstan shirt um, that that has stood the test of time, partly because it's a great shirt and it still fits. Final question I have for you um, is a very completely different uh, topic and aside, but when I bring on guests, I like to. Have them provide words of wisdom or advice for, uh, whether it be the future, whether it be the current, uh, for all the listeners out there that can take it with them, uh, as they're listening to you, your melodic voice on their morning commute or, uh, wherever they are listening to their podcast. All right. Well,
2: I would just say that, you know, you just, life's about relationship and you got to put into relationships what you expect to get out of them, whether that's treating people the way you want to be treated or, uh you know, really just making sure you're, you're giving everybody your best version of yourself every day if you can. I think it's important. You know, at work or, or in life in general, I think um, something I try to wake up and think about. And, um, you know, I think if you can make your best effort every day, I think it's uh, for me and hopefully everybody else, it's the way to live life the happiest. So The deep question gets the deep
1: answer. No, I, I, I appreciate the, the deep response and I think that's it's a good message for anyone out there, and if we we live by that message, this this world would would be a happier place for sure. Nate, I greatly appreciate you coming on this Pigskin Preview edition. If I do win this league, I will be giving portion of the proceeds uh, your way.
2: Well, let's be serious. Have you ever won a fantasy league?
1: I uh, no. That is, uh, I'm usually near the bottom of of most leagues. I think people like to bring me in just because I'm. Guaranteed money into their system, so I think probably you, you included. I, I don't think I've been in the upper echelon in your league in the four years that I've played. So, but I'm, yeah. I'm happy. And no, and no one knows who Kevin Peters is, so
2: Kevin,
1: if you're listening, uh, we'd we'll love to meet you sometime. Okay. Well, um, he will. Um, he will meet you. Absolutely for sure. Uh, I will. I'll connect you guys, and uh, I think I think you'd really enjoy him. I'm really.
2: Uh, everyone's always very surprised of why you use someone else's Yahoo ID to enter football
1: league, but you know I won't ask questions. Hey, you know that's uh, it, it's part of the mystery and uh, part of the mystique. So hopefully that that brand grows, uh, and and all the Kevin Peters out there um, continue to to do great things.
2: Well, uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll meet you at the, the ninth green at nine.
1: Absolutely. Appreciate the time and uh, say hi to Mary for me.
2: All right. Dress
1: nice. Take care.
0: Thanks to Nate Riley for coming on the show and sharing your NFL expertise. I promise to give you a cut of any winnings I have on my fantasy football team this season. And also thanks to Roots for sponsoring today's podcast and outfitting my wardrobe with comfortable yet stylish clothes. But most importantly, thank you to the LAE faithful for listening to the two-part pigskin preview, both college and NFL. We went through it a lot, but I hope it was helpful as well as informative for the seasons to come. That's all for me for now. We'll be back in a few weeks with new episodes and new experiences to share. Until that next time, take care, talk soon, and God bless.